Father, give us a heart for the least of these. Let us be those that recognize you in the poor and the sick, the imprisoned, the suffering, the downtrodden. Give us a heart to reach out and to use the resources, the influence, the power that we have to make a difference in the name of Christ. Lord, open our hearts this morning as we open your word. Equip and encourage us to live kingdom first in every area of life, every day of every week of every year. In Christ's name. Please be seated. Back when I was 16 years old, I hadn't had my license very long, and I was with my dad. We were at a cabin, and we'd been there a couple days. Um, The rest of the family had already left. We stayed behind. And my dad, throughout the day, had had a lot to drink while we were there. And so, as we're getting ready to go home, he takes the keys to the car and he hands them to me. Because I want you to drive us home. I was young and dumb. One of those has changed since that point. And I got in that car, and my dad drove an 85 Camaro, made lots of noise, went really fast. And I wanted to see just how fast I could make it down that mountain. And uh, I made it down. It was, good. it was a good, quick time. Um, I'm surprised we made it to the bottom. There's also a lot of hairpins, and um, there's one curve in particular where there were multiple wrecks. We made it to the bottom, unscathed. As I look back on that, I think to myself, my dad handed over the keys. He gave me power. He gave me power over him as the passenger who passed out while we were driving. Um, now, we got to the bottom, and he did let me know how he felt about my driving at that point and what would happen if I ever did that again. Um, It was very colorful language that he used before he repassed out. But I took that power, the power I had, both for my life as well as another life, and I absolutely abused it. Instead of being a shepherd, I acted like a mercenary. What can I gain from this? I remember even now what I cared about. How fast could I take these turns? And I knew that my dad also occasionally raced his car down the mountain, and I wanted to see if I could beat him. My thoughts were not about him. My thoughts were not about his vehicle that I was driving. My thoughts really weren't even about my own safety. They were just about what I could gain from this. What we look at today is the reading from Ezekiel 34. What do you do with the power that you've been given in your life? And everybody in this room, you have some. 
It may be power at a job. You have people that work for you. It may be power over your children. You all like it or not, if you're married, you have a certain power over the heart of your spouse. You have power. What do you do with your power? What do you do with your resources? I mean, after that gospel reading, what do you do with the money, with the time, with the things God has blessed you with? How do you use that power and that influence? Are you a shepherd or are you a mercenary? Are you using that power primarily for you, even at the expense of others? Open up your Bible, if you would, to Ezekiel 34, where God talks to the shepherds of Israel who really are not acting like shepherds, they're acting like mercenaries. They've been given the keys, and they are flying down that mountain. Ezekiel 34 and verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God. Ah, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. Sounds very much like Jesus with the sheep and the goats. As the sheep are saying, when did we do these things? And the goats are going, when did we not do these things? Jesus was heavily influenced by what's going on here in Ezekiel. That You were supposed to be shepherds. Like, I gave you authority, I gave you power to care for my people. And instead of caring for them, instead of taking care of them, instead of shepherding them, you took advantage of them. Like, you used their wool. You used them for your own gain. But then you didn't care for them. You just let them go. You didn't feed them. You didn't watch out for them. You did not use the power I gave you to shepherd others. You used it for your own gain. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. They became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered all over the mountains and on every hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. What a sad scene. I don't know a whole lot about taking care of sheep. I've never taken care of sheep. I only know what I've read, because you have to read about sheep if you're going to study the Bible. There's like too many shepherds and sheep and stuff in here, so you've got to read about it. And, and what I've read 
is that sheep will absolutely wander. What I've read is that sheep, if they were just left to themselves, especially when five to six months out of the year in Israel, it is very dry. There are not just all these green pastures all over the place. The shepherd has to lead them somewhere or they could starve. They're in desperate need of the shepherd to care for them. And God has placed the shepherds over them, given them the authority, the power to shepherd the people. And the shepherds saw instead a way to build themselves up. They saw a way to take advantage of this situation and make sure they got fed. Make sure they got the things they wanted. They were mercenaries who abused the power. What are you doing with the power that is in your life? How are you using it? Whether you think of that as, I'm a parent and I've got children, how am I shepherding them? Whether I'm in a job and I'm the boss overseeing, how am I shepherding them? Or, as I said, what about just your spouse? What about a friend? What about somebody who's just in need? How are you viewing that person? Are you shepherding? Are you using what power you have been given to build others up, to strengthen, which is what they weren't doing, to show them the way, which is what they weren't doing, to feed, to clothe? How are you using your power? You know, sometimes I think we can abuse our power unintentionally. I'll give you a good picture of that. All right, many of you know how I feel about dogs. Because I've told you a few times. And to be honest, it's not that I really have anything against animals. It's more that at this stage of my life, I have three young kids. My job requires a lot of hours. I'm married. I've got all this stuff. I just don't really have a lot of margin for animals. Like hair all over the place and picking up poop and everything. I just don't have margin for that. So what did I do? I let my family get another dog. Brilliant, right? But here's what happened. Um, This dog was in need, or maybe it's the person who was taking care of the dog was in need, and somebody had to take this dog. And my youngest son, my four-year-old, is the only one who doesn't have his own animal. And he's been asking for like the last year, I want a little dog. And so, being the pushover that I am... Like, all right, let's go look at this dog. And Aaron goes, you know, if we go look at this dog, we're going to get it. Like, yeah, I know. But it'll make him happy. So we went and looked at the dogs. Four Pomeranians. Um, We got the ugliest one that was there. (laughs) Absolutely. That's not even being mean. Just go look at our dog sometime. I mean, she looks like a vampire upside down. She's got bottom teeth that come out. And part of her tongue hangs out of her mouth all the time. She looks so dumb. And this dog sometimes will just stand. I mean, for like five minutes. Just stand there. And like, I feel like going and knocking. Are you there? Like, 
there anything? Because it won't do anything. This dog is so dumb. Now, sorry, that's mean. This dog is not very intelligent for a dog. My four-year-old loves this dog. It's a Pomeranian. Like, it can't even bend its knees. I mean, it, like, it's made out of twigs. I mean, the dog weighs like a half a pound, and that's fur. But my child wants to grab that dog and just run with that dog all over the house. And this poor dog is like... <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's scary to watch him. And Aaron is constantly, Stop! You're going to kill the dog! Because that's what it looks like. Um, now, it's all out of love. I mean, it really is. This kid loves this little dog. Uh, more than everybody else in the house combined, he loves this little dog. But he's not doing a real good job of shepherding this dog. Um, he's going to hurt this dog if he is not careful. We sometimes are not good shepherds because we just aren't paying enough attention. We aren't taking the time to see what it is our actions may be doing to other people. We're not taking the time to recognize how much power our words can have or our lack of words in some cases. We're not taking enough time to notice the person that's hurting. We're not even seeing it. It's not that we're, un- it's not that we're intentionally trying to take advantage of so much as we're just not paying attention. And we can be equally bad shepherds when we're just not paying attention. How are you using the power that God has given you? Are you a mercenary or a shepherd? And, and the shepherds, shepherds do the opposite. I mean, I could just go back and read this passage and instead of you eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. I would say, and you feed the sheep. The weak, you have strengthened. The sick, you have healed. The injured, you have bound up. The strayed, you went and found and brought back. The lost, you sought. And instead of with force and harshness, you ruled them. There's a passage in the Gospels where Jesus is talking to the disciples and they're all concerned about greatness and power and authority. And Jesus goes, it's the Gentiles that rule like that. They lord it over people. They, they take their power and they push other people down. That's not how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to do it by being a servant, just like I was. I was a servant. I was God himself come among you And yet I washed your feet. I walked around with you and made sure you were taken care of. When all those people needed food, I made sure they got food. When the people who were rejected were turned away from society, I invited them in. I had meals with the prostitutes and the tax collectors and the sinners. I sought the ones who had strayed. I was a servant to all. And so instead of With force and harshness, you have ruled them. It would be something like with compassion and gentleness and patience and perseverance, you served them with all the power that you had. You served them. 
Are you a shepherd with your power or a mercenary? Are you intentionally using what you've been given to build people up? Or are you taking advantage of people? Are you not even paying attention? Like you're so busy with the things in your own life that you're not noticing the opportunities where you could be building people up. You could be serving and using your power to help others. And instead, you're completely missing those opportunities. And maybe even by doing so, you're a little like my four-year-old. And unintentionally, you're even hurting people. Shepherd or mercenary? Verse 11, God steps in. He says, For thus the Lord God says, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. God changes tactics a little bit. He says, I am going to come after my sheep. Because here's the thing that I can say about all shepherds. We are all fallen. All of us. No matter how much attention we do pay, no matter how much we try to use our power for the right things, we're going to stumble. We're going to fall. We're going to mess up. I, in the past 20 years of ministry, I can't tell you the number of people that I've hurt. Through my words, through my lack of action, through saying things without thinking them through. I mean, the numbers of people that I've caused pain. You know that shepherd's staff? that they, You always see the picture of them, the shepherd's staff? That staff is intended to guide the sheep. It's used by the shepherd to grab a hold of the sheep and bring them closer so they can inspect the sheep. It's intended to show the sheep the way. Sometimes pastors use that shepherd's staff to hit people with it. I mean, just... Because all of us will at times use our power in very poor, abusive ways. You ever gone off on your kids and then later went, why did I do that? You ever made a choice at your job and thought, why did I do that? You ever knowingly taken advantage of somebody and maybe even in the midst of it, you kind of wish you hadn't done it? You ever been in a fight with your spouse and said some things you know were spiteful, mean, but you were mad? You were hurting, and so you went after them? We all abuse our power at times. And there's an interesting thing that happens in this passage. If you're following along, jump down to... Find my passage. There we go. Uh, Verse 20. Yeah, verse 20. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you push with side and shoulder and thrust at all the weak with your horns till you have scattered them abroad, 
I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be a prey. And I will judge between sheep and sheep. And I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David. And he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David will be prince among them. I am the Lord. I have spoken. It's interesting. David. David's role. By the way, David's dead when Ezekiel's doing this, so it's not David, David himself, like he's gone. However, David was seen as like the penultimate of kings. Everything looked forward. There's going to be another king like David. Even Messiah was going to be a son of David. There's so many things, references to David. In this case, he's going to be a shepherd. What makes David such a good king, such a good leader. Why is he the one that's always upheld? What was David before David was a king? He was a shepherd. He was a shepherd first. In fact, when Samuel comes to anoint him, he is shepherding the sheep. He's not even called in because he's the young one. He's the runt. And he's out doing the shepherding job. He was a shepherd before he was a king. And he brought the shepherding into being a king. Because ultimately, what is king? It's power. I mean, it is the ultimate power. I read about a king of Denmark, Denmark named Christian VII um, this week. And, and I read so many stories of abuse of power from royalty. And I mean, they're just, there are so many of them. Um, and, and some of them are so terrible that, like, you almost read it and you have this weird desire to laugh because, like, you can't... Can people actually do that to each other? I mean, it is so atrocious and bizarre. But I thought this guy, um, his is not nearly as weird. He doesn't do a whole... He doesn't kill people. Um, he is mentally insane. And, and he's got one really bad issue I can't talk about in church. However, I've got one that just... He had a terrible habit of slapping people. Everybody. He'd be talking to them, and he'd just slap them. And and the thing is, if this were just like the lay people, it would be just fine. But he would do this to anybody. Nobles, like foreign dignitaries. He'd be talking to me, just slap them. But he actually had the power to do that. Like, that was the thing. As terrible as that was, as awful is people standing around going oh my goodness he did it again he just slapped a king like what what is going on with this but he was king he could use his power in that way because ultimately king royalty that it's power what made david different is he started as a shepherd and then outside of a terrible awful thing that happens with bathsheba that is all on david He used his power as a shepherd. And that's why he gets that. It's what he started as. Um, I I think often, especially as we come into the capital campaign, I think of our church and like where we started. Like we were in a living room, literally in a living room. And we moved from a living room to a little preschool. And then we moved from a preschool to a little bigger preschool. And now we moved into this space here. We're meeting in a cafeteria 
And like we set up chairs every day and we tear it all down and we roll our stuff in here and we have to bring our signs out and we have to take our trailers and go park them somewhere. And, and like every, the sound equipment has to be set up every single week and then reset up again because the sound demons that are in the board. And like we have to do this every single week. And we're watching as a family here or a family there comes into the church and joins us. And we go, oh, this is so neat. Here's this family. And we're going through this experience. And, and just envision with me for a moment. Maybe it's 10 years down the road. Maybe it's 15 years down the road. And, and God has blessed us with this beautiful space to worship in. And all these new families have come to join us. And some new family walks in the door, and that's all they know. They know this beautiful place and these beautiful people and, and this neat church that they're so happy to be a part of. And, and then there's some people who are standing back going, I know how we got there. And I don't ever want to take advantage of where we're at. Because I know what it was like. I know the building and I know, I mean, every person who is on setup and teardown, what's it going to be like when you don't have to do that anymore? And, but you know what it's like because you came from it. David started as a shepherd. He knows what it's like to be a shepherd. He knows what it's like to look after the sheep, to put the sheep even before himself to pay attention to what they're doing and where they're going and what is the weather like and, and okay, I've got to get them over to this area so they can feed. I've got to find water for them. Then he became a king. And now it's looking at the people going, how do I shepherd the people with my power? What if you thought of yourself as a shepherd first and then as a manager? Then as a, a, a clergy person or as wherever your as a parent wherever you are what if you thought of yourself as a shepherd what if you looked at your spouse and you thought I want to shepherd the heart of my spouse yes I'm a husband and I, I want to be a husband but I want to shepherd the heart of my spouse what if we started there what kind of a difference could we make in the use of our power if we started with the idea of we're shepherds. Interesting man named John Cotty was born in 1804. He almost lived 50 years. He died a couple of weeks before his 50th birthday. But he was born back in 1804. And the guy had a relatively rough childhood. Alcoholic father, absent mother, very little education, absolute poverty in the family ended up at a workhouse just to try to provide and he knew what abusive shepherds look like one guy came to the workhouse and took him on as an apprentice and he abused him so badly that twice he tried to commit suicide then he also knew what a good shepherd was because they eventually rescued him from that man got him back into the workhouse and then a man named anthony groves who was a dentist came and took this man and apprenticed him, made him a dental assistant, but also invited him into his family. And not only invited him into his family, but introduced him to Jesus. And then took him on mission trips. And this, this man, John, who had this terrible upbringing, just the land as they traveled, they went over to Israel. And he saw all the lands. And he had a real knack for 
seeing things and seeing the details and the vividness and recalling them. And he would go on to write dozens of works. One of them was a pictorial dictionary, encyclopedia of the Bible. Um, he wrote daily illustrations of the Bible. And they became very popular. His encyclopedia was one of the most popular for a hundred years. And what they would say about him is he just had this knack for seeing things that other people didn't see, recalling them, and then describing them in ways that people who had never been to Israel could read what he wrote and get a different appreciation for the gospel stories, for the stories of the scriptures. Why was he so good at this? When he was 12 years old, he was working um, with his alcoholic father, and they were tiling roofs. He slipped and fell off the roof, landed on his head in a courtyard, spent months in a bed trying to recover. But one thing he would never recover was his hearing. From the age of 12 on, he was completely deaf. And he absolutely fell in love with books because he felt like they communicated to him in a way that people no longer could. And he began to pay more attention to the world in a different way. His power of observation just, I mean, and, and again, biographers write about it. You read it in like the front of book. I mean, it's his power of observation. The, the noise of the world was closed out. And so he saw differently. He paid attention differently. And he was able to take his visual and communicate it to people who had never been to these lands before. His deafness actually made him a better writer. His ability, well, actually, it didn't make him a better writer. He had some problems with his writing because um, he could no longer speak it. Um, he wanted to write poetry, but he couldn't get rhythm down because he couldn't hear what he was doing. Um, even some of his, the way he would write things, they'd have to come along and correct some of it. But his ability to just to see things, it was all different. Because that's what he was as he came into writing. Again, none of us are actual shepherds. But what if you could visualize yourself as a shepherd? What if you could think, I want to take care of. I want to look out for. I want to take this staff and I want to use it to guide, to lead, to care for, to, to pull close to me. I say this in all honesty and hopefully humility. I have absolutely not only used my shepherd's staff on people in a congregation, but I've used it on my family. Like in the midst of a, an argument or a fight or just a frustrating day, I've just attacked instead of remembering that I'm holding a shepherd's staff. This isn't a stick to hit people with. It's a reminder to care for the shepherd the heart of. What if we start with that idea? And we remember this. Last thing. Go back to verse 11. I would be shocked if not everybody in this room has a wound. You've been hurt. 
You've been hurt by your pastor. You've been hurt by your spouse or your ex-spouse. You've been hurt by a parent or both parents. Or you've been hurt by friends. You've been hurt by jobs. You've been hurt. You've got wounds. There is only one shepherd who can truly care for those wounds. People sitting around you, our job is to care for each other. Make no doubt about it. Our job is to absolutely look out for each other. But if you put all of your faith in any human being to do everything your heart needs, you will be let down. You'll be hurt. You will find yourself wounded. That's why I'm so glad in verse 11. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep. I will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he's among his sheep that have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep. And I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture. And on mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. And you can keep going. but You can think of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You can think of Jesus using his language. I am the good shepherd. I will lay down my life for the sheep. All this imagery of shepherding. Brothers and sisters, God wants to shepherd your heart. Will you let him? Will you trust him with your heart? Will you come to him and let him lead? Let him be the guide. Let him take the staff and show you where to go. He is the only one who can truly 100% shepherd your heart. I will try. Other pastors in our church will try. Your family may try. Heck, my kids sometimes try to shepherd us every once in a while. They try to do something really sweet to help us out. But at some point, you need to drop any expectation that people are ever going to completely shepherd you. Because they are not. They're going to let you down. And can I tell you, you are going to let other people down too. Let that give you some grace with people. And I understand that some of you have been hurt to a point where grace is really hard. You're only going to find healing through Christ. You may need some healing from him before you can even show grace to other people. But he ultimately is our shepherd. Judith McCain got her Ph.D. from Durham, and she spent, during her time of study, a couple of months every year in Israel, just to study the land, the people, all of the, the churches, all of it. And one day she describes a scene where she is out on one of the roads, and there are still shepherds in Israel. She's out on one of these roads, and she watched three different shepherds with three different flocks come right towards one another, stop, 
And the shepherds just started talking, hanging out, chatting. And she said as she was watching the scene, the sheep began to intermingle. She started thinking to herself, how in the world are these guys going to find their own sheep? Or maybe it doesn't really matter. I mean, as long as they get the same number of sheep they had when they came up, maybe they just walk away, you know? It's, they're sheep, right? But she's watching them, and as they're kind of getting it, she's like, how in the world is this going to happen? And when all of the shepherds got done talking, they all took their staffs, and they all just started walking in different directions. They began calling their sheep. And the sheep just separated out. And the right sheep went with the right shepherd. They followed as the shepherd started going. Jesus is calling his sheep. Calling you to be with him. Calling you away from some of the things that we try to have our hearts shepherded by. Stuff out in the world that hurts us. And he's calling you that he can shepherd you. And I will tell you this, the more you are shepherded by Jesus, the more you will be able to shepherd other people. The more he has your heart and the more he is guiding you, the more you will be able to shepherd the heart and guide others. Let's follow our shepherd. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for your Son, for the great love that you have shown in him, for his commitment to serve and to love and to give his life. Lord, let us see his example and follow it. And Lord, let us give our hearts over to you that you can shepherd us so that we will have the strength and the patience and the grace to shepherd others. We ask this in the name of Christ.